This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host for what is a uh, little bonus episode to uh, attach on episode 113. Joining me for it, Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. And Mr. Chris Bird. Hello. The old uh, Grealish meltdown has happened, so uh, we thought we'd throw in a little uh, bit of sanity to the mix. The announcement of the England team wasn't something I actually had in my diary, so uh, you know, I wasn't that bothered about it. And uh, I thought it was a 50-50 call whether Jack Grealish would uh, be in that squad. And that's mainly from, I think, the, what was the last set of England games? It was in November last year? Yep. So you're judging in... Gareth Southgate's mind what has happened from that point from November to uh, to the current uh, moment in time uh, and in terms of how you know how he's impressed or uh, what he's done above and beyond what he did previously to actually uh, you know switch the switch in Southgate's mind to select him uh, he ultimately wasn't selected Q meltdown and uh, there's been a bit of a you know social media lynch job on uh, Southgate, which I think is kind of unfair. I mean, it's typical uh, Twitter behaviour, really. Throwing around of some stats to justify Grealish should be there. Stats that really uh, haven't really been analysed, what they actually mean, because uh, they don't seem to mean much. So we will uh, look at those and uh, pull up some other stats uh, for you to uh, have a look at. I mean, ultimately, as as I you know tweeted, didn't want to engage too much in this. Uh, on uh, social media but uh, you know from a villa point of view he's with us uh i mean the international breaks before the actual season starts so uh, as dean smith was saying in his interview it's quite good that we actually uh had that game postponed against manchester City because instead of having three days after this international break uh, with the players before the first game he you know he has uh, a week plus does he not yeah four weeks prep yeah so uh that's the good news. Also, you're going to get a more motivated Grealish because he's going to have a bit of a... And to be honest, when you hear Grealish after matches, he has quite a rational outlook 
you know, Manchester United scores a great goal, but, you know, he's he's the first one to say he should have put in the chance he had straight away, which would have won the game for us. You know, he will say when Southgate's watched him, I uh, can't remember which game it was, where he said the first half, you know, I thought I thought it was good, but I don't think he would have uh, thought much of the second half. So he's, he's a bit more rational than the actual groupie hype machine behind him. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a it's a difficult situation in because it's got to the stage now, especially on Twitter, that n- not even criticism of Grealish, just anything that doesn't sort of buy into to the cult of it, and you're you're, yeah. Im- you're immediately why aren't you supporting? I mean, he's one of our own. Everything else, I mean, we know that that's you know that goes without saying. We want them to Are do well. Are you even a Villa fan? Yeah. And, you know, there's a spate of tweets before the uh, the announcement of the England team, and it was like, what more does he have to do? He has to be in this this team. What more does he have to do? Well, actually, we'll, we'll discuss that. Uh, just before uh, we get into uh, the Grealish situation, at the moment, uh, as I've mentioned on the previous shows, we are still waiting for the, the club to engage with supporters regarding uh, returning back to uh, Villa Park. At the moment, uh, I heard back from them today, and they are uh, in a position where I mean, I, I you know I've known over the last couple of months they're trying to they propose scenarios and they work with what possible scenarios they could be confronted with in terms of getting fans back into Villa Park. You know whether that's like if the government said ten percent capacity or thirty percent capacity. You know they go through the whole of the logistics of all the the possible uh, scenarios. And at the moment, the government haven't really really given any fire nights plans so there's nothing really in play at the moment and from the email i received it doesn't look like they, they have any real concrete information at the moment so uh, we'll see what happens in the next week or so uh, i know that uh, the fa were looking to actually use the charity shield as a, as a test run to uh, have fans back a couple of weeks ago they gave up on that idea Right, anyway, if you want to listen to uh, the normal show, this is, as I just said, this is a bonus show. If you want to listen to the normal show, uh, listen to episode 113, which is a decent enough example of what a full show uh, sounds like. So uh, back to Grealish. Uh, one of the, let's let's go through the uh, the arguments. I mean, there's first of all is this victimization of uh, Gareth Southgate, who um, I think Gareth Southgate is a reasonable, erudite kind of chap. So it's not as if he's some kind of idiot. Uh, he's been watching Grealish. I mean, he was watching Grealish in the championship. People pick out quotes, for example, like maybe, uh, you know, when he's had some Premier League uh, experience, because they're obviously uh, pulling that one out because of uh, Mr. Phillips from Leeds uh, getting a shout. But he was watching him in the championship. Uh, I think the last time was against when we beat Blackburn 2-1. I think when Mings Mings and Abraham scored, who, funny enough, both in the England squad now. So he, you know, he was doing his due diligence on Grealish, and he, you know, that's when he said those words. He said, "Yeah, well, he, you know, why not see him in the Premier League before he picks him?" Because he obviously wasn't convinced. And one of the problems was he he has that's where his riches are really in terms of players are in the position that uh, Grealish would probably take up. I mean, he saw him at Everton when we when Villa Park was rocking. I actually saw Southgate there myself, and Jack didn't have you know the greatest of games. He was, wasn't as if he was influencing or standing out above anybody else. Probably his best game in front of Southgate was the Brighton win two one. I think he scored and got an assist there. And then you know Southgate's at the League Cup final and Grealish in the on the big stage, which this is the most comparable to maybe uh, let's say England tournament football latter rounds. 
and Grealish again, pretty quiet, uh, you know, if you want to be brutally honest. And then he watched him again in the restart periods. And I think on a previous show, maybe three, four shows ago, when we when we were talking about this situation, I did offer that uh, this next call-up probably was a call-up too soon because he had a quiet restart period. Obviously, he had that lockdown misdemeanor. And he probably thought, well, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a couple of... Uh, couple of games at the start of the season and then you look at uh, the first friendly I mean these two games they're like what's it called Nations League and in the next uh, round there's a there's a home tie against Wales and that's actually a real friendly where he'll be able to swap it players in and out so that might be more uh, conducive to Grealish and if you wanted to take a look at Grealish that's where if I was the England manager that's when I would blood him in so I mean what's your thoughts in terms of Southgate's uh, due diligence in terms of why he hasn't selected him and uh, you know he has been a regular visitor at Villa Park and he has you know watched the situation because if he's got a gem on his hand he's not going to uh, just ignore it is he no I mean my initial reaction like most Villa fans was somewhat annoyed mainly out of the, the sort of the thing of you know picking Phillips with no Premier League experience which is fine but the more you look at it I sort of look at well, where does Jack play for Villa? He plays on the left-hand side of a front three. Okay, well, who plays on the left-hand side of a front three for England? Raheem Sterling or Marcus Rashford? Then you've got the likes of Greenwood and Sancho coming into the equation as well. Those four are, are all ahead of him in yeah. terms of where they're at in their career and form. Greenwood's the form option. I mean, he's very much the young, exciting prospect. I don't think Greenwood will start games yet, but because he's got yeah. that burst of pace and excitement that Jack doesn't, it's a more, dare I say, a traditional winger and an outlet. You know, Southgate would rather play three proper forwards or sort of winger slash forwards. Jack's not really one of those kind of players. He is more of a play in midfield. So you think, well, if he's not going to play on the left-hand side of a three, is he going to play in the middle of the park? And then you're kind of putting him up against your sort of mounts and people like Ross Barkley, Henderson, Phil Foden's obviously in, in this squad. So there, there is a whole host of talent who have been at the business end of the table doing it. And while Jack's been good, and Jack has been very good, but the next level above that is the level where Sancho's stats through a whole season at Dortmund and in the Champions League just jump off the page. Because there's also the situation where Southgate, if Grealish was playing bang in the middle... Then that's what Southgate would think. Well, he's playing with it, you know, week in, week out for his club there, and that's where he'd have his best chance. And that's what he's judging him on. He's, he's kind of yeah, yeah. coming in off the left, and you know, he's putting him up against Sterling and etc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whereas if he was playing as a, a number ten or a number eight, where you know Jack supposedly wants to play, Southgate might go, okay, fair enough. Right now, I'm putting him up against Madison and Foden and those kind of players. Whereas I just think in the position, I mean, I, I tweeted it that. While Jack is playing in the position he is, I, I really think he's going to struggle. He might get in the odd squad here and there, but I just I don't see him starting because Sterling's not old and Sancho's not old and Rashford and Greenwood. These are all young players as well, and they are ahead of him, whether you, whether we like it or not. And we take the, the claret and blue tinted specs off. These players are ahead of him right now. Taking the, the specs off for a minute, before I start, you know, because we, we've been realistic about Grealish pretty much all through this podcast and, uh, you know, somebody made a comment, I know Grealish isn't your favourite player. Well, that's actually not true. I'm just uh, being rational and realistic when we talk about him in terms of the hype machine that uh, 
you know circulates around him and you know that includes some journalists as well but this you know the situation is uh is he really rocking and rolling i mean one of the, the stats that get, keeps getting pushed around is the fourth most chances in europe 91 chances now people have thrown this around and i've asked them define these chances what are these actual chances because you know we've all watched every second of villa playing this season or sorry last season and as we were discussing before before we came on air you know you don't remember villa actually peppering the hell out of teams or creating chance after chances and then you know we were on the show talking about how our center forward that we bought in january hardly has a shot on goal manages a shot on target every uh three four games so we're not creating chances chances you know some people say well you know it's not Grealish's fault the strikers you know not very good well actually we're not creating those chances because with my eyes we are not uh, creating that amount of chances that it suggests so you dig a little bit deeper and there is a stat with the Premier League provide which is big chances now this is a chance that uh, pretty much would warrant an assist if it gets tucked away now, big chances Grealish created eight for the season. So he's six assists. So that's, you know, that's six, six of those eight big chances were put away. Now, Grealish, comparing to his teammates, even Target has created eight big chances. Conor Horahan has created eight big chances. Grealish has played the most minutes of any Villa player, 3,234. Target's played to 2,298, and then Horahan's probably played half of what Grealish has played to 1,539. So Grealish is creating a big chance every four and a half games, there or thereabouts. Target is just a shade over a big chance at every three games, and Horahan's your man with uh, just over every two games he creates uh, a big chance. And, you know, you see that with your own eyes because you know that Horan has end product and when he comes on or he starts, he normally will make something happen. Well, was it five in four games or something he had in the lockdown period? Well, exactly. Post lockdown, that was, and they are tangible assists. We scored from Horahan crosses or corners or free kicks. You know, I don't care about these. Uh, I don't know football manager, EA Sport playing dudes who say, yeah, but you know, ninety-one. It's just not assists, so is it? I mean, we said this earlier. If if Villa had, if Jack had ninety-one assists, Villa wouldn't be seventeenth in the league. Yeah, if if they were real chances, we wouldn't be f- fucking around in relegation battles. To, just to show you, we'll, we'll go to the, the Bundesliga and look at our favourite, Thomas Muller again. Now, if you go to the Bundesliga, the, the most chances created, which is this the Grealish 91 stat, is Christopher Nkunku from uh, Leipzig. So he's created 65 of these chances. But then you drop down to the most big chances created, you get Thomas Muller 24. So out of those 24, 16 of those were converted into assists. So, I mean, already you don't need to be a mathematician to look at the sort of the efficiency that's coming in here. Um, yeah. Miller's created three times as many chances as Grealish and 16 of those have been converted. So when it comes to big chances, you will actually remember them when you watch the game. These 91 chances, I, I you know, I do not remember all this kind of dom- Grealish domination. No, well, I was saying just beforehand, if we take three examples from the lockdown games, so we'll, the first one we'll take is, um, it's counted as a chance just before the end of the first half against Wolves at home. He ran across the box, probably should have had a shot himself, but seen Connor in a good position and let it run to him. Now, that counts as a chance created. 
if you go again to the the El Ghazi miss, that's a, a cross to the back post, one yard out. Now that's a big chance created because El Ghazi should have scored. But then yeah. you look at the Keenan Davis one. Now Jack did great work bringing it from his own half, just into the, into the Arsenal half. But then whenever he gave the ball to the, the Keenan Davis, Keenan Davis still had to run about 30 yards, shrug off an Arsenal defender before he, he, he dragged that shot wide. So, I mean, these are all sort of encompassed in that 91 chances where out of those I would say one of them's a big chance one of them's a proper you know Jack has created that chance yeah lots of half chances as the press would call them Mm -hmm. just in that lockdown period I mean he he, you know he's the first to admit he didn't have you know the greatest uh, of of periods uh, in an interview since we've been back I probably haven't been probably haven't been as effective as I was before have you felt that pressure of trying to keep Villa up of it kind of being your responsibility no not one bit Um, I think I don't really mind pressure you know I think pressure's a privilege Um, my old coach always used to say that to me Um, but I just think you know since I've come back I probably haven't truthfully I haven't felt as fit as I did before before the um, break um, but you know that's no excuse I just need to do what I do what I know that I can do and I think I've done it today I was probably unlucky not to get an assist in the end he was post Arsenal and then he kind of said yeah. after West Ham, didn't he? He said, you know, he, he thought he might score. But the, his heroics on the last day and his performance against Arsenal kind of showed, you know, he turned up on the big stage, you know, great, just when we needed him. But if he, you know, if he turns up for all those 10 games, it could have been a very different running. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I read an article uh, after the West Ham game. It was in The Athletic, which I think the headline was about how he secured his legacy by that goal against West Ham. And it starts talking about this you know, goal against West Ham, saving Aston Villa. And uh, and then it's like, well, hang on a minute. It, the, if the result was nil-nil, it would have been the same result because actually West Ham scored. The journalist mentions, he, oh, you know, forget about West Ham scoring, as if that just upsets the narrative of, you know, oh, that goal makes him a legend now. Well, no, the, and actually West Ham's goal actually came off his, off his leg. And, you know, Tyron Mings claimed uh, that goal, that the Ezra... Conza gold is not that much difference. Uh, if Grealish wasn't there, it's uh, it's not going in. And an- another annoying sort of press narrative that's going to come from all of this is that you feel that the press are going to have a field day with the line of, oh, well, you know, 
Jack's going to have to move to a bigger club to get his England chances now. Nonsense. And that'll roll on potentially yeah. for another season. So what we've been force fed down our throats is like Jack Grealish is having a 10 out of 10 season when that isn't the case. Anybody with, you know, anybody who's practical, who's not hype, you know, hype it up. If you, if you were to mark Jack Grealish's season and in the context of what you think he could be doing, if he lives, let's say, if he lived up to this hype, or in the grand scheme of every player in the league, I mean, you look at yeah. the levels that De Bruyne is hitting every week, or even you know, the, the, was it the Players' Player of the Year was um, Henderson, wasn't it? Yeah. Now he's a much different player to Jack, obviously, so it's hard to compare. But his his level of consistency every single week and against really good teams. Bear in mind, this is a guy who's playing in the Champions um, Champions League as well. He's playing a lot more games. Because the difference is, Grealish, if he's playing at the level of those guys, he's putting in that arguably an easier chance uh, he had a few minutes after he scored against United at Old Trafford. He's putting that away and winning the game. He's not you know, getting dispossessed against Spurs. That's led to a conceded goal. He's, he's making above and beyond... You know, a good goal here, a good goal there. He's actually, you know, winning big games. He's, you know, against Manchester City, we may not have won, but if he really turned up and, you know, let's say he scored, we got beat 3-2, then Southgate's watching, well, you know, if Villa had a few more players with the influence of Grealish, they might have been able to win this. But, you know, he's, he's he was fairly anonymous. So this is, you know, if you're judging him, to get in an England team, he's got to be doing his eight. Out, he's got to be doing eight, nine out of ten. But this season, everybody's saying brilliant, fantastic. I mean, I'm not saying he's above a seven for it because I know he can do a lot more. And you know, I think that's by his own definition. Absolutely, you know, what, he says it himself. I mean, this isn't you know for, for, for all the listeners who you know who who like to have a, a crack at us for being overly critical. I don't think anybody's anywhere near as critical of Grealish as as, as him himself. Yeah, you know, he's you, you hear him interviewed and he wants to get better, and that's exactly the attitude you want him to have. That's the reason why last week you see videos of him in Mykonos at a training camp. He's you know he wasn't off getting pissed. He had his week in a beater, and then he's working and working and working because he knows where the bar is and he, he knows the yeah. level he wants to be at and that's what you want to see that's something everybody can applaud him for and you hope through this which will you know he'll be disappointed to not make the squad but you hope that it, you get the right response from him to go well you know fuck you I'm going to prove you wrong because it will be the making or the breaking of him because if he goes and sulks and starts the season you know in a mood then you'll go well Southgate was right whereas if he, if he starts the season on the front foot and he's pulling Villa along with him and then you think, great, and that's what everybody wants to see, including you know the, the three of us. You know, you, I don't want to sit on a podcast. And I, I mean, I don't even pan him, but you know, I mean, I don't want to be critical. Yeah. I want to be able to go. He's really hitting the heights now, and now you're starting to see a play going through the gears a bit because we saw what he could do in the Championship, and I think we saw bits of what he could do in the Premier League. But the big thing about becoming an international player or playing at a big, big club, and we've said it all season about every Villa player, is consistency. And Jack was. Had very good moments, but he wasn't consistent. He wasn't, yeah. You know, you. I remember, like, sort of go back to the days of, um, you know, the, the the talk of when like Gareth Barry was just missing out on England squads, and everyone was like, "How is this guy not in the squad? He's been doing this for like two years in the Premier League or longer, probably before yeah. he actually got his call up." And Gareth Barry was a seven or an eight, probably an eight every week. And that's that's what Jack will have to aspire to next year is the consistency. And I know that comes from the players around him, but it's the it is the taking games by the scruff of the neck against good teams. That's what Southgate, you know, will go, wow, you know, there is that I mean this is the thing, there's this attitude for, I mean, from a certain, you know, certain Villa supporters who they'll the first thing they'll say is, oh, you know, we're not we're not getting anything against Liverpool, we're not getting anything against Manchester City, and then uh, celebrating Grealish as if he's his second coming, and it's like, well, if you got the second coming in your team, you should 
be going into those games with right. Let's you know we we've got a chance here because you know we've got Grealish in that team. It's where are you setting your bar, isn't it? It's like you know I'll, I'll give Grealish all the credit in the world, but I want him to be better. Why? Why? I don't see why the fans can't you know yeah. aspire for their star player to get better. You know he 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 looks up to players like Hazard and De Bruyne, and if that's where his you know his bar is set, brilliant. Yeah, he's only he's only getting started. I mean, everybody's saying that you know what what was it you heard today? There, there's not what else can he do? Well, you know, is, is that it then? Should he just retire? Yeah, hang, if, if that's it, then uh, we might as well sell him. What was it? Eight eight goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the squad here, and there's a whole lot of what about going on. You know, Harry Winks, Ward Prowse, Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips. He, he doesn't play there. I mean, you you may as well be yeah. comparing him to Dean Henderson and Pickford and Pope. I mean, he, he doesn't play in that position. He's not going to be your defensive midfielder. He's not going to put, you know, crunch and tackles in. He's not going to be disciplined and sit in the... Well, and the, and uh, Declan Rice as well, of course. Yeah, you know, Declan Rice had a brilliant end to the season, didn't he? Yeah, and then you look at then who he is against. And, right, so Foden, we've already discussed the way Foden played in the League, League Cup final, and he, he was unbelievable. And whenever he's given a chance for City, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you've Abraham... Greenwood, Ings, Kane, Rashford, Sancho and Sterling are all your, what Southgate sort of lumps in as forwards. And yeah. is, is he getting in ahead of Danny Ings? You know, I know Ings is an out-and-out striker, but I mean, whenever you're talking a, a squad of 23, 24, it's, you know, he might leave a striker out to accommodate a player like Grealish that doesn't have a defined position. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everything that's been said, Grealish's best hope is to be, you know, to be that match winner and get in the England squad that goes into tournaments as the wildcard player, the player that can give you something a little extra. You know, when you're locked against, I don't know, Spain nil nil or 1-1 one, one, and you've got 10 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go, you bring him on. Or if you're playing against, you know, a, a, a lower, you know, a lower team who are parking the bus and you need someone who can, un, you know, unpick the lock. But he needs, uh, I think, a consistency of position. I, I think he's going to struggle to break in as a forward because, I mean, you know, we've only seen this evolution in the last couple of seasons where Smith's actually told him, get in the box more, get in the box. So it's not a natural thing because he see, you know, in his own words, he sees himself as a number eight stroke number 10. So he has to be in that position, and that's you know up to uh, Dean Smith. Part of the reason why he's ended up on uh, the left hand side is because we have lacked a bit of quality on you know in in the wide midfield position. Yep, and that isn't necessarily his fault. But no, it's I not think, his fault. I think this is the season Jack is going to have to define himself in terms of this is what this is my role, because that's the thing with all these guys in the squad. You know exactly what their role is, and it might be that potentially his versatility is his Achilles heel to a point. You know, I, I look back at players who sort of didn't get the run of England caps that they deserved, people like Matt Letizier or Paul Merson. They were much more indefinable players. Managers never knew where to play them. You can afford to put them in the squad. Yeah. And I think, actually, Jack, personally, I think he is a potentially a really good asset for the England squad, but I don't necessarily think he's a, a starter off the bat. Um, that you know, That's to be decided. Not at current performance levels no. and, and, and where he's playing. But he is an option. As I was saying, you know, I've said to somebody on social media, you know, I wouldn't be too concerned. He'll, he'll get his chance because I think, he, you know, he's going to improve. And I think yeah. his next next season with Villa, you will see, uh, I mean, you know, transitional season with Villa was always going to be difficult as a team, never mind uh, as an individual. So I think once he has players, A, the ones that we've we've still 
you know, the ones that we have uh, last season that actually know their roles more and, and uh, have matured a little bit, that will help him. And then anything new that adds quality to the team will suddenly assist him in a big way and they will help him fulfill his potential. And, you know, somebody said back to me, oh, he's 25 now, you, you know, you know, he's not going to get any better. He's, he's not going to perform any better. So, you know, what more can he do to get in the England team? And I, was, I said, well, it's rubbish. He's only really just got started. He's just spent three years in the championship. So... Yeah. Tell that to Jimmy, Jimmy Vardy. Yeah, at least one year of that. He was injured. Yeah, collectively, yeah. When when did Vardy get his first cap? Look at him now. There's, he's just signed a new contract with Leicester. He'll take him up to age 36. So, you know, age doesn't, you know, different players sort of peak at different times. And I don't think Jack's peaked yet, despite everybody else in the Villaverse thinking he has. No, and he, and he's not a player that his game isn't based on pace, is it either? So it's not like he's going to have to worry about similar to Gareth Barry, actually. You know, who never had pace either. It's, he's not that kind of player who needs to have the legs of like you know, if, if Sancho was to get a bad hamstring injury, like uh, you know, like Michael Owen did very early in his career, or these kind of guys who were speedsters. And that's I think how England, well, you know, Southgate wants his England team to play. He wants a dynamic, pacey front three and a dynamic midfield. And Jack's a different player. And having something different is great, but he has to fit into the way the team plays. Jack's not... And he has to be consistently very good. Like, you know, like a Perlo, you don't see him running around uh, 100 miles per hour. But you know he's when he's got the ball, he knows exactly what he's doing. And you can afford to have a player like Perlo in a team like Italy when you build it around that player. Jack, unfortunately, right now, the reality is he's not at that level where Southgate looks at him and goes, I'm going to build my England team around him. He just isn't going to at the moment. You know, he's going to build his England team around Harry Kane. I mean, here we are, you know, spending 20, 30 minutes talking about this when I really not going to lose any sleep of him not getting into this particular England call-up. Yeah, it it just shows you that it's the danger of stats for stats' sake. I mean, cut them down a bit because looking at he he has the longest carry, sort of the ball carry in, in all the leagues. And yet you'd think with that would come the most take-ons, but he's he's only done down at eighth in the Premier League for take-ons and like a hundred behind Adama Traore and Zaha. So, you know, they just don't marry up at the minute. So just try and cut the stats out of Grealish when you're looking at him and just sort of concentrate on what, what he actually does and what he's actually good at. Yeah. Or where is it, or essentially where is he effective? Because I don't want to see Jack taking on players in the left-back position. Medigot him in the England team. <laughs> stats can be used in any any which way. But when you get down to the key stats, and this is the thing, I mean, celebrating eight league goals and six assists and saying that he should be in the England team, I, I don't think that's currency to get you into a guaranteed England team. Uh, I mean, I would be hoping you'd be at least into, you know, double league figures. But then you start to talk about big club bias. But, you know, nobody mentions that Mings is in the squad still. And nobody Nick, mentions it. Or Nick Pope. Is it Burnley, Burnley players and Southampton players Southampton, yeah. and, you know, even Leeds. It's not, I don't think uh, Southgate's, you know, that way wired. Uh, and there's also, you know, he, he didn't see him as, in his, as his main man in the under-21s either. And there is a bit of uh, Grealish's temperament and, you know, off-the-pitch behaviour, which uh, I don't think that lockdown incident really helped him in that department. But I think if he had a storming restart, uh, period he, he would have been uh, probably knocking on the door so I think it's harsh to uh, give 
Southgate a kick in there. It's just an easy option, and many many things are parroted. But you know, the, at the end of the day, it's it's because you know Grealish is one of our own, and it's there's a lot of it's a sentiment. A lot of fans just want to see him do well, and and they want the best for him. So that's why they're disappointed he's not in the England team, and that is a, a big part of the pie of this. I mean, my final point on the whole thing is, and this would apply to any player at the moment, is what a strange scenario that would be. You know, probably the proudest moment of your career a real defining moment for you and your family and you'd be making your England debut behind closed doors like what a hollow yeah. what a hollow achievement yeah no that is a good point as well you know obviously that would apply to you know, any player in any country in the world that's uh, like the Messi situation where they're talking about uh, you know Messi leaving Barcelona and going going to Manchester City so if he gets to play oh we get to see Messi in the Premier League but uh, almost no fans get to see him we we don't know how it's going to pan out we'll have to auction the tickets all 300 <laughs> of them yeah, exactly. And it, and it is an empty feeling and it will get more empty and empty, you know, the quicker we, we get back in the stands and return back to uh, the reality of what football is, you know, the better. But obviously, uh, this is something that we can't control or, or the game can't control. Nope. But yeah, don't be too despondent about Grealish uh, not getting the England team because it works out well for Villa. You get a more motivated player. Don't believe you know that parroted bullshit. Oh, now he's going to think that he wants to go to United, get into the... No, that's bullshit. I think he'll have less chance. Yeah, because I mean, if he has to move into the centre, he's not going to move into the centre at any of the top six teams. Yeah. So if he wants to change position, the only place he's going to get the freedom to do it is at Villa. So his best bet, if you want the best for Grealish, is for him to stay at Villa and uh, and a consistent Grealish who uh, gets Villa up the league. That only helps big time because I don't think Gareth Southgate for one moment is foolish enough to think oh, Grealish kept Villa up that season not based on what he saw with his own eyes and you know I would say that myself he helped as any you know as a bunch of the you know the team did and ultimately uh, as, as we've said you know it was that improved defensive organization that got us over the line ultimately and that gives us hope for next season yep Mm-hmm. And also, we, we're not going to get Mr. Grealish injured before the season kicks off as well. People forget that sometimes Villa have uh, had some bad luck in the past. I mean, even recently, uh, people are you know, talking about uh, how James Chester played through uh, an injury you know, for Villa in the Championship. We actually got injured on international duty for Wales. Codger missed a big chunk one season when he got injured, uh, and that was quite a controversial one when he uh, had returned back from uh, an injury and then went off to the Ivory Coast uh, training and then he got injured there. Amavi did his cruciate plan for France. Yep, good one, yep. So uh, there's a blessing in disguise. And ultimately, international football's not what it used to be. The World Cup's not what it used to be. And as Chris says, when he makes his debut, I think he'll prefer it to be uh, with fans present and you know family present, and that will come. Everybody wants the best for him because they you know they feel like uh, he's one of them. But his time will come, and when it does come, that will mean that Villa have uh, progressed considerably as well. Right, thank you for listening. Uh, please do become a My Own Man Said patron and uh, get access to extra podcasts. We've just put out a uh, under and over for the whole current team. There'll be the third part and final part of the Sean Teal interview. Also, you get access to Match Club. Until next time, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.